Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Frady. It would be nice if just once the left would line up behind a worthwhile martyr. We thought we saw it happening back in January when a black motorist named Tyree Nichols was savagely beaten to death by five rogue Memphis cops after a traffic stop. But unfortunately for the race baiters, Nichols' killers were all black. So the racial demagoguery that would normally accommodate such a incident was declawed and defanged. We could practically hear the Marxist money-grubbing BLMers thinking if they had only been white, those cops. Now, the usual suspects trotted out their claims that systemic racism made them do it, but those ridiculous assertions fell flat and everybody moved on. Not the case with the recent uh, death uh, on a New York City subway car by, by one Jordan, of one Jordan Neely at the hands of a white Marine Corps veteran and fellow New Yorker named Daniel Penny. Now, Neely, 30 years old, was an inarguably sick and dangerous man, subject of multiple emotionally disturbed person reports and more than 52, well, 52 arrests, more than 50 arrests. So just prior to his death, according to one eyewitness, he was ranting and raving and menacing. He said, I don't care, I'll take a bullet, I'll go to jail, because he would kill people on the train. He said, I would kill a MFR. I don't care, I'll take a bullet, I'll go to jail. Now, earlier that day, or earlier today, or earlier, when was it, last week, so... uh Daniel Penny, 24 years old, he once swore an oath to defend his country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. He surrendered to New York City police for having accidentally, by any reasonable interpretation, ended the life of Jordan Neely while attempting to subdue him, which the cops do. 
Sometimes they do that on a regular basis. It seems like so. It and to clear something up, it wasn't a chokehold that Penny used, even though that's how the mainstream media has been universally calling it or characterizing it. It was not a chokehold because he didn't have it locked in. He had him in a headlock. And the term chokehold is not only inaccurate, it's also prejudicial because the intentional crushing of one's windpipe carries with it a suggestion of aggression and violence that isn't shared by the defensive application of pressure to the side of the neck for the purpose of neutralizing a threat. A rear naked choke does not constrict the airway. It restricts the carotid artery. It's referred to as carotid restraint. So when you hear the term chokehold lazily thrown around for the next few weeks and months, remember, it wasn't a chokehold. Now, if only the lawless leftist run Rotten Apple had a 51 strikes and you're out rule in place, Neely would still be alive today. And Penny wouldn't be facing second degree manslaughter charges in a three and a half to 15 year prison sentence. The consequence of this of this case could be far reaching but I don't know how it's going to work out because there's going to be a lot of things a lot of moving parts to this not only for the first civil right the right of self-defense but also for the rule of law in New York City Democrats outnumber Republicans 9 to 1 and anyone who thinks the local jury pool could hear evidence objectively and render a dispassionate verdict need only look to the case of another white guy Donald Trump who was found guilty last week for an ostensible sexual assault that took place nearly 30 years ago and whose evidence didn't pass the giggle test 66 year old woman fellow passenger on that subway car said I hope he has a great lawyer and I'm praying for him and I pray that he gets treated fairly I really do because after all of this ensued I went back and made sure that I said thank you to him now she did that for a reason contrary to the leftist dishonest assertion that Jordan Neely was a noisy but harmless Michael Jackson impersonator he was, a, he, he was especially dangerous to elderly women. <laughs> uh, as the New York Post reports, he had numerous arrests on his rap sheet, the most recent in 2021, when he punched an older woman in the head, severely injuring her and landing himself in jail for more than a year. The 67-year-old woman fell when she was punched. She broke her nose, fractured her orbital bone, which is very difficult to do, and uh, endured bruising, swelling, and substantial pain to the back of her head because she probably hit her head on pavement, right? Breaking the ocular orbit is is so that that that's quite the impact. That's quite the impact. So any assertion that he doesn't pose a very real and serious threat by the left is either very delusional, which of course we're talking about the left, or it's very deceitful, which you know of course we're talking about the left. And we, I, you know, let's let's us thank Daniel Penny too. This is obviously. I mean, this this guy was uh, this guy was retired from by the military because of some medical something or other, and uh, he apparently, you know, he'd heard that call to service. You get a guy that's called into service, and you're not going to see them just stand by and watch stuff happen. You're just not. So we don't need to have good men who are intimidated into inaction and avoidance by the prospect 
of an illegitimately rendered arrest in prison sense. We can't have make men taking the easy way out of dangerous situations, especially when split seconds matter. And the cops are nowhere to be found. They're minutes away at best. Now, Neely's family, which is certainly grieving, feels otherwise. Their statement through attorneys Dante Mills and Lennon Edwards read in part, Daniel Penny's press release is not an apology nor an expression of regret. It is character assassination and a clear example of why he believed he was entitled to take Jordan's life. In short, his actions on the train and now his words show why he needs to be in prison. But then, Penny's attorney, Steve Razor, laid things out. When Mr. Penny, a decorated Marine veteran, stepped in to protect himself and his fellow New Yorkers, his well-being was not assured. The unfortunate result was the unintended and unforeseen death of Mr. Neely, and we are confident that once all the facts and circumstances surrounding the tragic incident are brought to bear, Mr. Penny will be fully absolved of any wrongdoing. Jordan Neely's death is, is in fact tragic, and it's also due to the city. It's due to the lack of real government in the city. His death was not the fault of the man who held on to him. He was awake when he put him in the recovery position. And what will the long-term ramifications of this be? Can this can this can can Penny get a fair trial in New York City? And if he does, what about the mob? Is the mob going to come out and you know go you know go after go after everything once again, just like they did with George Floyd? Right now, all we can do is wait and watch. Uh, Daniel Penny has apparently he's apparently got like a one and a half million dollars donated to him for his legal fund. So America appreciates what he did so we'll see we'll see what's going to happen but that was what what happened what happened that day is a result of government failing government failed to take a dangerous individual off the streets they let they kept letting him out letting him out letting him out and eventually what happens with these guys they eventually all run into somebody who is not a predator but is far more capable than they are when it comes to violence. And when you find somebody who is prepared, they're going to deal with trouble. That's just a mere fact of life. Those who are prepared for trouble normally can handle it. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. Well, what does China know that we don't? When it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You see... China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they can't afford to mess ups or there will be riots, civil panic, or even worse, when over a billion people can't eat. What does that mean for Americans like you and me? Two words. 
food shortages. That's why it's a smart idea to stock up on a kit of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. The kits are compact and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food by typing in the code LOCKLOAD at checkout. Just go to fourpatriots.com, use the code LOCKLOAD to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food. That's fourpatriots.com, use code LOCKLOAD. Normally, your typical modern politician, and by the way, we didn't get to this with Rob. Well, he sort of got to it, but I saw this and I was like, well, let's talk. I need to talk about this a little more in depth. So this is this is all from the desk of Rob Morris, by the way. When your typical modern leftist politician is trying to set things up, he's trying to set things up in a way to where he makes you believe he's for the good of society. The well-being of society, the public safety within society. So, typically, they wait till a very heightened, you know, a very heightened emotional state, like after a rampage killing. And uh, this is when they begin to think about getting sort of drastic with some of their demands. So, they wait before they ask or before they think about asking to kill their opponents right away. You have to do a little demonization, a little vilification before you get to that point. So, um, and this way, as the le- as the levels of violence ramp up, then that justifies that levels of those levels of violence. Every time a rampage killer kills in a school, for example, people like me who own guns and who advocate for everybody owning guns that can legally, lawfully own a, own a gun, carrying a gun, that kind of thing, uh, we are described as not caring about children dying because we, I don't advocate for and, uh, you know, I don't want to see more gun control. Now, at best, that is extremist rhetoric. On the other side, it is very dangerous because, once again, I mean, I, I talked about this in the last hour. What, we we got to watch and see what happens in California. I have this I have this thought process where I'm thinking this could get ugly about this bait and switch with the reparations. So as you as you ramp all these people up, right? If you come to a point to where they begin to believe what you're telling them, that's when it gets really dangerous. I mean, look at look at uh, the assassination attempt on uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Look at the assassination attempt, attempt of the entire uh, Republican softball team at, at the hands of James Hodgkinson, the Bernie bro. These guys all listen to rhetoric. They all listen to talk, to words. And they believed it. So when, when somebody believes something that is extreme, like, oh, you want to kill children, well, then you're, gonna, you're not going to sit back and look at those people and just go, well, we'll just let them go about their day. You're going to do something about it, right? 
You're going to be Jordan. You're not Jordan Neely. You're going to be Dan, uh, Daniel Penny. You're going to step in and do something about it. Now, I've sat back a lot. I've, I've tried to tell myself, well, you know, the Democrats aren't really my enemy. The only problem is they're not playing the same game I am. To quote Democrat Congressman Mike Thompson, how many more kids need to get murdered before House Republican leadership steps up and puts gun violence prevention legislation on the House calendar? What about the other violence? Does any of that matter? Does any of that matter? We get this from the Democrat Party news site, Demcast USA. Republicans block gun safety reforms while stoking hate. GOP has blood on their hands while offering thoughts and prayers. And you offer up plastic signs that say, gun-free zone. And you put nothing in place to actually enforce that. I went to a gun-free zone the other day. I, I got asked to go to this event for this radio station I work for now, WORD. And I get there, and they want it to be a gun-free zone. But I get there, and half of the city's police department is in the middle of it. There are law enforcement, armed law enforcement everywhere. So while it was a gun-free zone, they had officers stationed all over the place in case something popped. So this is actually, if, if you're going to have a gun-free zone, that's how you actually do it. Uh, to get out there and say, if you're doing it for this reason of, uh, I, don't want their, I don't want any liability or something, well, that's just a virtue signal. Gun-free zone means free fire, free fire. So... Violent criminals, and we talked, uh, Rob and I talked about this, five out of six violent criminals don't use a gun in their violent crime. So these females that are being held down against their will and being raped, they don't have a gun to their face, but do you think it's any less violent for that to happen to them? These uh, people that are beaten, these people that are clubbed, these people that are knifed, do you think it's any less violent for them just because there's no gun involved? I mean... Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's either, uh, Rob said it was 84%. 84% of all violent crime does not occur with a gun. So actually going after gun violence and getting out there and looking at some of these things, uh, well, uh, <laughs> that's sort of problematic because I'm against violence. I'm against violence. I am for armed police and I'm for armed citizen because they don't have an, there's not enough money in the world to have enough armed police everywhere around to where crime is prevented. We call the police when crimes occur. They might pull you over if you're speeding, you know, they might, you know, if you're garbage, throwing garbage around or something. But the actual popping, the actual violent crimes that we see happening. Very rarely is there police officers within the vicinity to actually respond to this in a timely manner. Now, when you look at the self-defense that happens with guns, and one of the things they try to do is they try to get out there and tell you, well, if you didn't shoot somebody, it doesn't count. Well, actually it does. Because I've had to pull a gun twice. As a civilian. I didn't have to shoot nobody. And I stopped the violent crime. 
mean, I was sort of a dan. You know, I was uh, I was thirty. You know, freshly out of the military, on a route in a dangerous part of town. They popped, and I popped back. I was more prepared to pop than they were. <laughs> so they ran. I stopped. Gang controlled Democrats more than tripled the number of sexual assaults when they disarmed the innocent victims. That's one stat that is that is it's so bad it's astoundingly bad. Because I'm going to presume that that was mostly females getting raped or sexually assaulted. So that means somebody's daughter, somebody's wife, somebody's sister, somebody's girlfriend, somebody's granddaughter was getting sexually assaulted because they were disarmed. Gun control does not stop crime. It just stops armed people, law-abiding citizens from having guns. That's all it affects. That's all it has ever affected. And if some of us die in order for them to uh, (laughs) pursue their gun-free zone hellscape utopia, that's fine. I'm just telling you what their attitude is. This is not my attitude. Trust me. So... Bear that in mind if, as you go forward. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. For over 25 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision, welcome to the Boom Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unique. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available. With quality control second to none, because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. 
no such thing as a fair fight. And we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective confidence that you are carrying the best gun in a gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality Built American made products for 45 plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment, we perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. Welcome back. This is Lock and Load. This 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 is a very amusing story for me, just because of uh, all of the, uh, the the apparent feels that are being violated here. This is coming out of the small town of Paulette, Vermont. Population one thousand three hundred eighty six. There's a guy there named Daniel Banya. He they they have been feuding with him because he put two shooting ranges that he built on his thirty acre property that he's owned since twenty thirteen. Neighbors have complained about the noise and said Banya and his friends are super scary. Town officials said he built structures on his land without applying for any zoning permits. 2021, Banya told the Associated Press his property, which he calls Slate Ridge, is safe and environmentally friendly place for people to discharge their firearms. Well... Those are just words to the Paulette town officials. After their initial zoning effort failed, they sued him in Vermont's environmental court, which ordered him to remove the unpermitted structures and earthen berms within 135 days. Well, I guess Banyai, thinking that he lived in the United States, he ignored the ruling because they were telling him what he could have on his property, which I'm going to presume... That if he's thirty, if he's in in the middle of a thirty-acre spread, he's probably somewhere rural, and he's been now he's in in contempt of court, and he's been racking up civil fines at the rate of two hundred dollars per day ever since. 
We get this from uh, Vermont Environmental Court Judge Thomas Durkin. Respondent has demonstrated will, willfulness, perhaps even an enthusiasm, for disregarding the town's bylaws, this court's orders, and the authority of the judiciary. Now, see, they tried to do it based upon the rules that exist. And after the municipal and environmental laws failed, town officials approached Vermont State Senator Philip Baruth for help. And he sponsored a bill to make it a felony to operate a paramilitary training training camp within the... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. A paramilitary training camp within the state. Now... Baruth, a leftist Democrat from Burlington, admitted he introduced the bill after Paulette officials complained that there was no state law they could use to force Banyai to shutter his private ranges on his private property. You know, operative word being private. So we got this, uh, and uh, this week, Vermont's Governor Phil Scott, a Republican, signed the bill into law. This is uh, something 4071. Paramilitary training prohibited. A, a person shall not. One, teach, train, or demonstrate to any other person the use of application or making of a firearm, explosive, or incendiary device capable of causing injury or death. Blah, blah, blah. Two, assemble with one or more other persons for the purpose of practicing or being taught, trained, or instructed in the use application of blah, 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 blah. And uh, this and it, it ends that... Uh, this kind of instruction would be intended to be used in or in furtherance of a civil disorder. Which I would think they would actually sort of welcome that part of it because the United States Code defines a civil disorder as any public disturbance involving acts of violence by assemblages of three or more persons which causes an immediate danger and or results in damage or injury to the property or person of any other individual, a la a riot. Okay, that would be a civil disturbance, right? That would be civil disorder. It would not be training with a bunch of guys to shoot and move. The new law, of course, does not apply to legitimate law enforcement activity or educational institutions or military sciences is taught. It also doesn't apply to self-defense instruction or practice without the intent of causing a civil disorder. Firearms instruction that is intended to teach the safe handling and use of firearms and any lawful sports or activities like hunting, target shooting, and firearms collection. Anyone who violates the paramilitary training law faces up to five years in prison and a $50,000 fine. And the gun ban industry rejoiced. <laughs> and I did not know this. I did not know this. According to uh, Gabrielle Giffords, or at least Allison Anderman, senior senior counsel and leader of the Giffords Guns and Democracy product, uh, Project, said in a statement, Today, Vermont joins 25 other states that prohibit firearms training for anti-government paramilitary activity. Private paramilitary activity is illegal in Vermont and has been associated with the intimidation of people exercising their constitutional rights across the U.S. This is a common sense policy that will help reduce the spread of dangerous, illegal, and anti-government firearms intimidation. Now, Vermont's new law and the others like it are, by design, very broad and very vague, and they could be easily be used to force almost any private range out of business. It all comes down about the definitions. 
you know, one man's political protest can become another's insurrection just about any old time. So nowadays, what's anti-government? <laughs> well, right now, it's no secret that Joe Biden isn't popular among many range goers. Do the RSOs now need to search vehicles for let's go Brandon bumper stickers? And this is the part I like the most. What actually constitutes paramilitary training? Military training with guns means you're either running at a target or you're in the prone. And according to Bob Keller, getting in the prone is is, is foolish. So now you're just firing maneuvering. But, I mean, that's... Uh, and we're talking about we're talking about actual maneuvering in a gunfight in a protracted engagement because most self-defense things are over in about three seconds. So would teaching gunfighting rather than target shooting violate the law? How about a tac med class where you learn how to fight while you're rendering first aid? Or a mini seer course, survival is evasion, resistance, and escape. How long before IPSC, IDPA, or three gun competitions are banned? And if you're a firearms instructor in one of these states, how are you supposed to know what your students are going to take their knowledge that you give them? Are they going to do this in the furtherance of a civil disorder? Should they be doing like the Democrats do and interrogate everybody about their political beliefs before they sit down with them and actually do anything with them? Do they need to issue written loyalty oaths and recite the Pledge of Allegiance before the safety brief? We've all seen how the gun banners and their sycophants and the legacy media pounce whenever they see a 3% or patch or Something similar to pro-gun rally, and to them, the whole crowd instantly becomes extremists rather than law-abiding Second Amendment supporters. Now, at this particular moment, I don't know Mr. Banyai's politics, and I don't care. He has a First Amendment right to assemble he and his friends, his guests, and a Second Amendment right to practice their rivalry, regardless of what Paulette's 1,386 residents think. It is private property, after all. The people who are responsible for this should be ashamed they've actually put it in place. Now that they've joined 25 other states, if they actually have that. I might have to look into that, because I shoot at a private range. And I'm not worried about somebody coming out saying, oh, you're doing paramilitary training, because if that's the case, then I'm in the Salvation Army, okay? That's the kind of training I'm doing right now. Not a lot of shooting and moving, just shooting, just shooting, just target shooting, really. Shooting for accuracy and speed, which in and of itself, for the uninitiated or for the left, that's horrible. That's a horrible thing to do. Oh, my God. But, you know. All things considered, when, I, when I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this, I just you know, that, uh, I can't say out loud what I think about this. <laughs> but um, the first word would be chicken, and the last word would uh, rhyme with it. That's as far as I'm going. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load.
firing line. This is Lock and Load. And, uh, you know, after the Allen, Texas shooting, everybody came trotting out. All, all the anti-gun, anti-gun, usual suspects came trotting out, including Joe Biden. Joe Biden has been, he's been angling for a universal background check since 2013 when he was trying to help Obama get that across the finish line. And it was last on that uh, April vote in the Senate back in 2013 when Obama was basically crying in the Rose Garden. The, and the you know, and you, the reason universal background checks fails is because of what it is, because universal background checks is the precursor. If you have that in place, the only way to actually enforce that to make it work is to have a gun registry, which is illegal. The other thing is when they get out there, what they the, the things that they say about this, how this would not have happened if we had universal background checks. That's just bogus. Joe Biden got out there and said that what happened in Allen, Texas, reinforced reinforced the case for enacting universal background checks. But this guy was licensed. He was a licensed and licensed as an armed security guard, which means he went through some stuff within the academy. You know, he he went through some things where he he went through a background check, he went through examinations and everything. He got he was certified. And one of the things he you know it, it, having this certification, of course, he's going to be able to legally own a firearm. So he had already been through all the background checks he could possibly be through at that point. The universal background check is another thing altogether. So in this respect, this uh, this killer was typical of people who commit crimes like this. And because he is typical of people who commit crimes like this, that's why universal background checks would have no impact on them at all. Rampage killings, mass shootings, whatever you want to call it, spree shooters, active shooters, whatever it is, most of the time they bought their weapons legally. Occasionally you'll see somebody who steals them, like Adam Lanza. Dylan Klebold and uh, 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 Harris, well, I can't remember Harris's uh, first name. Uh, they were too young to own guns, so they had to have a straw purchaser to get them for them. So they were illegally in possession of guns. But for the most part, you, you get out here and you're looking at some of this stuff, and most of these guys are legally buying their guns. That's because mental illness is a thing. Now, federal law disqualifies a very broad category of Americans from owning firearms, including people who have been convicted of felonies or subject, subjected to court-ordered psychiatric treatment. Background checks are required for all gun sales by federally licensed dealers, and some states extend that requirement to transfers for private sellers. Some have that already. Here's the issue. Uh, here's the issue with that, as, as far as all of that goes. Um, the background check is a Polaroid snapshot of your life up to that moment. That's all. That's all it is. The fact that Texas does not have those kind of laws is immaterial because even if they did, this guy would have still been licensed. He would have been still been certified and he would have been a, not a prohibited person. He did buy some guns from private sellers. But in detail, the rifle that he used in the attack was purchased legally, which means he was not a prohibited person under federal law. So there is the failure of the background check. The background, the background check is no 
It is not a guarantee, warranty, or anything else about what's going to happen after you buy the gun. It is a simply it is simply a uh, manner by which to slow things down. People who can't pass a background check will get a gun anyway if they really want a gun. This guy was in the uh, armed security business for four years, from 2016 to 2020, according to the Texas Online Private Security Database. Licensed as an armed guard, a job that is subject to stricter eligibility criteria than the average gun buyer. He did not have a serious criminal record, record. so um, I don't I don't know what to say about that part of it. When they say he didn't have a serious criminal record, did that mean he got locked up for child support or something? I mean, lots of things happen to people during, over the course of life, except this guy was in his 30s. He's about the age of my youngest son, as a matter of fact. But um, and, and here's the thing about this. Um, while we know that he was terminated from the military for an unspecified mental health issue. We also know, or we surmise, that he it does not seem that he had the sort of psychiatric record that would have disqualified him from buying a gun. I don't know if this is another Devin Patrick Kelly incident here, you know, the Sutherland shooter. Um, but, I mean, this guy was never in permanent party. He, he never made it past basic training. He was terminated three months after he got into the service. Basic training is two. They probably recycled him a couple of shots. Then they put him out. And uh, this is, you know, this is not something that, uh, you know, this is something to save time and money. Because they got to pay him while he's there. So, according to the Post, and this would be called a training, trainee discharge program back in my day, TDP, uh, those kind of separations are meant to quickly force out recruits who can't perform military duties as a result of various physical and behavioral conditions. They are not typically punishments, and they will not show up on a background check. This just means he couldn't cut it in the Army. Lots of people can't cut it in the Army. Lots of people have no capability of taking orders and actually carrying them out. Not because they're bad people, just because uh, just because. Now, in the rampage killings that we know of from 1982 through April 2023, where the source of weapons was known, 85% of the murderers obtained firearms legally. According to the A National Institute of Justice report on public mass shootings from 1966 through 2019, 77% of the perpetrators purchased at least some of their guns illegally, while 13% made illegal purchases. But then when we get to the mass shootings of the K-12 schools, things change, where they are more than 80% of the killers steal guns. They may steal them from their family members, their home, whatever, but they steal them. So even theoretically... Expanded background checks could make a difference in only a very small share, if any, of these rampage killings. The experience with state laws requiring background checks for all gun sales provides further reason to temper that expectation that it would actually do anything with it. A 2018 study found that such laws, which required that transactions be completed via licensed dealers, 
were associated with increased background checks in Delaware, but not in Colorado or Washington. Which tells me that the people in these states, in Colorado and in Washington, they're just not going by the law. And how would anybody know that they're not going by the law? (laughs) So, and unlike the Rampage Killer, a, a, a typical thug probably has a disqualifying record, can't buy a gun. But they generally obtain firearms from informal sources that would not be affected by new background check laws. Studies that aim to measure the impact of expanded background checks on homicides have produced very mixed results. Even the RAND Corporation looks at it and says this is inconclusive. And that's not surprising. Because notionally, universal background checks cannot be effective unless the private sellers comply. They're a little bit like the speed limit. You know, when you see the speed limit, it's a sign. Unless there's a police officer there. You're not going to be compelled to do the speed limit. Right? It's like gun-free zone signs, as a matter of fact. It's the same thing as that. Gun-free zones are like, well, no, you better not bring a gun in here. Criminals never pay attention to that. And I, I don't even know what the instance is of if they actually do catch somebody, if they actually do anything to them. Because a lot of gun laws are passed that they never, never enforce. So, um... This kind of enforcement would be difficult when the government tries to regulate transactions by definition are unrecorded and inconspicuous. And that's their problem. I'll be back in about 21 hours. Between now and then, remember this. It has never been about gun control. Not one time, not ever. Never going to be. It has been. It's always going to be about total control carry that concealed weapon everywhere you can go this has been lock and load save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.